killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Welcome Scary Cats, it's time to listen to another episode of your favorite horror movie podcast in the whole wide world, The Text Chris Dave Saw Massacre. The one where Dave yells in the microphone at the top. I speak with purpose. What are we watching today, Dave? Today we're watching a very, very special movie for a very, very special day that happens a few times a year. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. Hell yeah. We had another one. I mean, we've had a lot of Friday the 13th, which has allowed us to expedite this franchise. Yeah, this one's fun because we get to fly through it at weird, clunky intervals that make no sense. Yeah, in fact, we don't get to watch another one until, I think, August 2019. <laughs> <laughs> which sounds far away, but it's only like 14 months away. Yeah, okay, but still, like that's <laughs> that's really funny. All right, Security Cats, wait for over a year for the next one. That was the last one, like months ago. If we're ago? all still alive. Yeah, if we're all still alive. Okay. At that point, then... Well, We'll get to Friday the 13th, part four, but it's part three time, mm-hmm. and two is fresh in our minds. Yeah, yeah, it's, we just recently got to do one, and now we get to do this lovely um, 3D, Friday the 13th 3D. Yeah, the first 3D movie that Paramount made since the 50s. That's so crazy. For some reason, they thought, you know what, let's let's make this one 3D. This will do well, 3D. Yeah, you know a technology that they were really on the cusp of something <laughs> great back in the 50s? Let's bring it back up. Let's William Castle the <laughs> shit. Even the poster itself has, like, yeah. Jason with a knife reaching forward, implying exploiting 3D. Yeah, and the, everyone at the, at the theaters had to, like fold up that piece of cardboard that was his knife to make it look three-dimensional oh my god i i actually i'm really excited to see as many gimmicky shots as possible in two dimensions oh yeah that were meant for three-dimensional he's gonna in the 80s some window's gonna break and he's gonna reach through it hand right into the camera and the handle just like be scrambling (laughs) forward towards us we'll see the tips of his gloves hit solid screen Uh (laughs) uh-huh this one's got 12 percent on rotten tomatoes Hmm. which is the second lowest of the franchise after part eight um but interestingly when we did a twitter poll about people's favorite friday the 13th episodes a few months ago Mm -hmm. a lot of people put friday the 13th part three near the top yeah and uh if we refer to um, our favorite google users to determine how much they like this movie Mm -hmm. 92 percent of google users jesus (laughs) but honestly i don't even know what to make of that google user score anymore it seems all over the place and it seems a little too lenient for my liking it's lenient but because it is something of people who generally speaking someone who's going to google review something or put a score on it is going to be because they were looking for it because they like it i think it seems more democratic it seems more representative of the overall population i guess Uh, well i mean again population of people who are seeking it out generally for positive reasons as it seemed like to me is like there's Mm -hmm. not not a lot of hate on google not a lot of hate no it just doesn't seem like worth it like no one's gonna see your hate if you hate it like you want to make your hate visible like like um rotten tomato users did on star wars Hmm. You want everybody to see how mad you are. Why do you think Google reviews are less visible? Just because they're less popular right now? I don't... That's got to be it. Like, I just don't think that's where people go to direct their hatred of something first. Hmm. I think they go Rotten Tomatoes. Directed directed by Steve Miner, who did the last one. Yeah. And also cool. did House H2O Lake Placid, mostly TV now. Okay. So he's back in it. Martin, Kit Rosser, and Carol Watson wrote it. And then they both also wrote four, and then Martin did five as well. So yeah. they they this is their first installment into writing, and they went on to write a few more of the chapters after this one. Okay, so uh-huh. so we've got some now like family members on the Friday the Thirteenth team reprising their, the their direct, roles yeah, in the production. The director's back, but this new writing team is yeah. ushering in a new era of hockey mask Jason, I guess. Yes, and, and really this, carrying that forward. And this is what I f- I thought we were signing up for. Yeah. yeah, when this we watched version. part one. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so this... part one was just mom Jason. Part two was um, potato sack yeah. face Jason. Yeah, not yet the Jason that we've come to expect. And finally, we have the Juggernaut series franchise Jason. Hell yeah. So this is that transition. This is mm-hmm. him evolving, using the Pokemon stone, getting to final form <laughs> Jason, the one that we all know and love until mm-hmm. we get decked out space Jason. Space Jason, yeah. When they... Space Jason. <laughs> nice <laughs> um and they spent 2.3 million dollars on this movie which i think is more than the first two right i think so it makes yeah. sense it's 3d they gotta get nice like fancier cameras yeah you gotta get a camera for that other dimension mm-hmm. so you, you gotta deal with the <laughs> guy playing jason constantly accidentally stabbing the lens of the camera <laughs> <laughs> yeah we went with so many stabbed cameras oh god <laughs> 
There are just warehouses full of the 3D cameras they broke in 1981. Yeah. All right. This. When you guys do the 3D scenes, why are you not using the prop knife? It just doesn't look as good, man. <laughs> does not look as good. It's not worth he it. He has stabbed four cameras. This costs us an extra million. And while the second one took place, like a, I think a year after the original events, mm. this one picks up right where we left off. It, the plot line is having revived from his wound jason takes refuge at a cabin near crystal lake as a group of co-eds arrive for their vacation he continues his killing spree oh my god <laughs> what is this world pre-yelp like camp crystal lake should we go let's check yelp you know you just wouldn't most <laughs> times people die there well in this case i think they haven't discovered the bodies from part two yet i guess so, that makes sense if it's immediately after exactly but in part two weren't they like they're so are these co-eds the people who are going to be coming to the camp that was number two? I'm not... Oh, because it was all just staffers Cancel, and Counselors. Yeah, they were getting the, the I place ready. I remember that was ready. the first one. And the same with the second. It was just counselors getting it ready again. They were trying to, yeah, reinvigorate. You're right, you're right, you're right. I remember now because some of them went to the bar and then they came yeah. back. Yeah. And what happened to the final girl? Did she get out? Did she escape? Uh, she... She's taken away in an ambulance. It's been recent and we just can't... Yeah, like we get gross Jason head. He reaches in and after they think we have the shrine with the mom's head on yeah, it, right? That's, that's wonderful. Like, that's kind of how it ends. Like they just leave that. We don't know where Jason goes. I guess they get him. You know what, Dave? I don't think we need to worry because if part three is anything like part two, we're going to get a nice recap for the first 15 <laughs> minutes of this movie Dude, of what happened. Nice memory. I forgot about that. <laughs> number two, they just give you the ending of number one. They just play it. Here's something else to look forward to. This one is the most violent of the entire series there's 14 deaths in this oh, movie man. editor please put in a, a gospel hallelujah right there <laughs> no problem <laughs> 14 yes. hallelujahs yes that's what we need because i mean that that's been my criticism so far not enough like, death not enough crazy deaths and i mean in the case of the first one just no deaths really we just get find dead bodies more than we see people actually get killed mm -hmm. and then in the second the second one was better we we liked the second one a lot more than the first one but the first one is where the mom gets kill gets loses her head mhm mm and and then shakes her shakes her fists. fists i think that's our line for it too right <laughs> curse you i'm beheaded yeah. oh my god that is comedic genius we should win awards just for our lines and then have them taken away for the other weeks where the lines are terrible yeah <laughs> that's a great reward system like yeah. you're in kindergarten and you lose your sticker for when you don't clean up that's your cubby it. that's it and I, I like to think it balances out perfectly when we on that fateful day where we both die in the in the same everything incident. will be perfectly balanced yeah <laughs> we'll let this world know better than we found it I wonder if we'll be one up or one down on our lines. <laughs> one up would be nice. And the curse you I'm beheaded would be a great one to put on our tombstone. Yeah, it would. Actually, that's just a great thing to put on your tombstone. Ridiculous. Curse, curse you, you I'm, I'm beheaded. <laughs> like, what the hell happened here? Okay, so that was an amazing ending. Um, I feel like the ending of number two is like forgettable because I know she gets... I you don't remember, remember what happens. You remember an ambulance? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember that. I just remember that final like scene with in Jason's little shack. Yeah, now yeah, Jason's yeah. been living in a shack for a little while. And we find the head. And yeah, the, yeah. I remember that. And yeah, and I'm confident we'll be reminded <laughs> of what happens. Just that's what they set up in the second one. I can't see them wanting yeah. to deviate from that over-explanatory. Remember one year ago when you saw this movie? Because <laughs> again, this is just 12 months after the second one, which was 12 months after the first one. The studio is not wasting time with the yeah. franchise at this point in history. Uh, hopefully they do that. Hopefully they do that. Just like a supercut uh, in like every Final Destination, a supercut of all the previous kills from the last movie. Mm, that'd be lovely. Just so you know, it's like, oh no, that was the one I wanted to watch. That one. The one with the weird uh -huh. marble thing. Man, I meant to... I think I took a picture of it somewhere, but when I was at Alamo Drafthouse in Brooklyn, which mm. is... America, you do those movie theaters right. That's amazing. I wish we had an Alamo draft house here. It's just awesome, awesome theater experience. They have all these great movie posters in the hallways, and they have one for The Omen. Mm -hmm. And it's like the main character's at the top, but at the bottom of the poster is the beheading scene, is the glass going through oh. a guy and the head flipping, like as part of the movie poster. That's awesome. And it's clearly some kind of like yeah. fan art thing, but yeah. I'm like... Right. This is this is the moment I want captured on a poster for sure. Yeah, they probably didn't know that when they made the movie. It's like this is a great effect, but is this the thing that people are gonna constantly go like it's never been done better than that? And and it's a bit of a spoiler if you haven't seen the movie, because that was one of the most enjoyable surprising scenes in the yeah. movie. Yeah. But in a world where hopefully most genre fans have seen this and it's not too much of a spoiler, it's a very pleasant poster to see. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Capturing the right point. This Dave and Christery. This Dave and Christery. We watch Poltergeist. 
Oh, Poltergeist. That one was fun. Mm-hmm. I f- feel like I already know that. Didn't yeah. So we recently... Well, we did Poltergeist 2 a few weeks ago. We recently did the sequel. (laughs) But we watched a little early just because we had um, sequel backlog. So, Mm, right. Yeah, because then we take on like a whole bunch of like franchises all at once. Oh, we got real franchise excited last (laughs) summer, uh, this time last summer. Um, So we did that one a little early so we didn't have too many sequels in a row. Um, But yeah, it was great for me to finally revisit that and Mm. um, just the best way to deal with trauma and demons is just to put them out there in the open. And that's what I did with rewatching Poltergeist <laughs> here and seeing that clown scene and realizing it was not anywhere near as scary as I remembered it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did the same thing with aliens. I mm-hmm. got over that hurdle in my mind. Exactly. <laughs> terrified of that movie as a kid. God, aliens was so good to watch. Yeah. I was actually just listening to a little bit of that episode, but we're talking about Poltergeist now. Yeah. <laughs> So what do I remember from Poltergeist? What do you remember, Dave? Oh my God, Chris! Um, my name is Alex Rubenstein. I don't know who Chris is. <laughs> I'm just gonna do the whole episode like this for our two-year special. Let's just do it all. In, I'll just do Zelda Rubenstein voice the entire time. Okay, for our two-year special and final episode. Yeah, yeah sure. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> God, that sounds. All of all of your listeners stopped at the three-minute mark and <laughs> unsubscribed and never listened to your <laughs> podcast again. Well, dude, I'm like hearing it, like I'm hearing you say it in the room and in my ear. It's horrible. It's like there's a tiny little ghost version of you in my head, too. I think it's a loving tribute to the fantastic actress, Albert Rubenstein, and how dare you. Uh, so I remember, clearly I'm the only one, but I remember that big giant skeleton monster. The ghosty thing. The ghosty What do you thing mean you're the only one? That's like, or I don't know why I said that, but I remember <laughs> when we talked about it, like, I kind of had to like remind you. I'm like, but that's what I think about. Because I didn't. When you said skeleton, I was trying to think. Like my mind instantly goes to the skeletons in the backyard. But you oh, mean right. yeah, you yeah. mean the big apparition thing yeah, that yeah, also yeah. has kind of like a skeletal face. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, with like the big kind of army or it's a big, huge, weird it's monster a weird creature. Yeah. yeah, and it just seems so out of place. It doesn't do too much. Uh huh. Yeah, it freaks me out. Yeah, uh, honestly, like just because we watched the second one more recently, I'm remembering that one so much more fondly and all of its practical effects that were yeah. really really pleasing oh yeah it was really great man but, i mean that nobody... thing is not i have not seen an adequate amount of hype for the sequel for that one for poltergeist for poltergeist 2 yeah yeah, yeah. yeah poltergeist 2 is they do some good work so i would pass on watching the first one right now probably yeah, yeah me too that's one that obviously it's a classic it's important to revisit mm-hmm. but um it doesn't for me right now beg instant repeat watching yeah i don't there's not too much i need from it like we've done especially lately like after seeing something like hereditary mm-hmm. like i don't necessarily need to go back and watch another sort of house possessy movie like anytime soon you're satiated uh, or at least my like super most recent like modern sensibilities are satiated so much so that i don't really need to go back and watch watch its predecessor fair enough or one of All right that brings us to our segment we like to call have you ever seen the movie the crazies yes yeah i watched that again which one did you watch the remake okay yeah <laughs> not the 70s one the 70s one is romero yeah i know this romero one... romero is like an executive producer on the remake yeah that yeah. just means that they're giving his estate yeah. cash for basically yeah they're and paying maybe, him. maybe he was involved i'm not sure how much of a hand he had in it but he's i feel like he likes to be somewhat involved especially if the movie itself has got like some zombie stuff in it or that sort of feel to it yeah i wonder um but i i do really want to watch that original one because i i did not like the remake no you didn't yeah um, i did... saw it on netflix i think four or five years ago or something yeah mm-hmm. going through it I, I remember liking it the first time i watched it but like kind of considering it as a throwaway going through it through it again it's it's like an hour 40 the performances are really really good you know Mm -hmm. like not just the performances of like the survivors but also like the people who are infected because they're not just zombies they like they're they're murderous like it's it's similar kind of to the happening how people are just like doing like extensively disturbing things to each other right because they're affected by this like i think it's called the Trixie virus that's in the water supply Mm -hmm. and just like I don't know. It's kind of like it feels 30 days of nightish and just like how it's just this little group who are also trying to like hide. It's not they're not hiding necessarily just from the zombie things they are also hiding from the military who's going to like wipe out the right. town. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there, is there like an opening scene in a diner or something? Like it's that? Uh, it's a baseball diamond. Like the guy walks out on the baseball diamond. Okay. With the with the shotgun. And it's like the yeah, they, they do a thing in a diner. But it's um, right before that opening scene. 
and um the town itself is like the most like peaceful town like the nicest place in the world to live like kind of like from hot fuzz mm. like, um, just like the nicest little place in the world yeah and then yeah this guy walks out onto the baseball diamond in the middle of a little league game with a shotgun and then Timothy Oliphant has to like shoot him down. Ah, yeah. very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just seems to be Romero's MO, like just really wanting to show, you know, that the suburbs, these peaceful places yeah. are super dangerous. That this is mm. evil forces that are just not acknowledged and not, not on the face of yeah. what it claims to be. Yes. And here's the turn. He likes to show the turn mm-hmm. as it happens. So like, so overall thumbs up, thumbs down. I say thumbs up. I think like they had a good amount of money. They had like $20 million. Like it's a lot. Yeah. They made like 40. So like it didn't, that, that's impressive. I can't believe that many people went out to see that. Yeah. Well, 2011, it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, like it looks really good. The cinematography is great. There's so many scenes that are just really, really colorful or really, mm-hmm. really pretty. Cool. And, and some of the killers, because they're like this weird combination of like human crazy and animalistic. Yeah. Like they do weird stuff like that scene where um, the wife is like strapped to the gurney and the guy with the pitchfork is just walking through and just stabbing people mm. and they can't move. I remember the pitchfork vividly. I mean, it's yeah. the poster too. It's the poster. It's dragging in the blood. And I think it might be one of the original posters too or yeah. some variant of it. I think that might be a scene right out of the original. So what made you watch, want to watch the remake instead of the original? I had seen it before and I remembered liking it. Mm. It was just in front of my face. Gotcha. Timothy Oliphant. Like I had never, I never really paid too much attention to it. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's good. I think it's a pretty good movie. Huh. I know you're not like really a zombie guy and it, it, it does follow like it's a perfect zombie movie. Like that little group of survivors. One of them's like a sheriff or a cop in some way. Like it's just, it's so typical. That could be, yeah. I, I it wasn't even, it was longer ago than I'm saying we watched it. It must have been 2012, back in our old apartment. Mm. Me, Christina, Dell actually was oh, there okay. watching it too. And I remember all of us were just kind of underwhelmed by it. But yeah, maybe I should revisit it. Maybe. I've, if I'm going to rewatch it, I'm going to watch the original. I want to see what Romero originally I, did. I would be game to do that too because... like, that the, might, Yeah, maybe enough. I, I feel like the quality of it though is just like the Dawn of the Dead remake. Like I think it, they take their time with it. They present their logic well. Like the performances mm. are pretty good. And, and it looks really good. They nice. Got, like some good sets. Right on. Yeah, I liked it. For Scare and Tell, one movie I watched recently at the Royal was this movie that came out this year, earlier this year called Thoroughbreds. Ah, Thoroughbreds. Starring the witch. <laughs> Anna Taylor. What's her name? You know that actress? She's also in Split. I, I, the main actress. You know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know her name. Starring her and then the girl from Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Really, really botching naming <laughs> actress, actress right now. Starring two humans. And also Anton Yelchin, his final film. Okay, and he plays like a a small character role in it, and it's, he's fantastic. Cool. He um, is super cool movie. It's just about like this insanely rich family and the daughter and this girl in her class that is serving as a tutor. So it's these two girls. Um, one, the way the movie sets itself up is one is kind of like a sociopath who who is incapable of feeling anything, and the other one is the opposite is like very a very emotional person. Okay. And the two of them kind of conspired to kill her stepdad, but yeah, you may have you, the trailer was fantastic. Yeah, for yeah. It. I think this is ringing some bells now. But it's super stylish. It's super fun. The way everything kind of sets up and the dominoes fall for the first two thirds of the movie is great. Anton Yelchin is wonderful, and it's worth seeing just to see him do one last role. Sure, yeah, um, dude is amazing. So tragic, yeah. Um, so I, I did really like it. I don't have a lot to say. It's a very simple, straightforward movie, but a yeah, very fun, stylish, stylistic, exciting time. That's, that's kind of the same with crazies. Yeah. <laughs> At the, in the end, it's unsat Like the first two thirds of the movie, I'm was so intoxicated. I'm like, this movie is amazing. I love this. It's going to be in my top 10. Holy shit. I can't wait to rewatch this and talk about it. And then like the last third of it, it mm-hmm. kind of fizzles out. Like it's a little bit. This, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's still a good ending, but it's not overly satisfying. It doesn't live up to what it sets up. So I still really recommend it, but it's not going to, I think, land and at the top of my favorites for this year. Yeah, well, I mean, that's fair. But I mean, this year is stacking up with some great movies. Holy it's shit, dude. Gonna... We're halfway through this year, and I'm already like, I think this is going to be a better year than last year. <laughs> it's seeming that way. <laughs> How insane is that? Yeah, I've just been like... I'm like, where is Hereditary going to end up this year? Mm. Oh, Hereditary yeah. is such a... I think I think it's pretty clear for me, but you got to let the dust settle before you can really decisively well, say yeah. things. Let the rest like of the, the year happen, too. Let Suspiria and Halloween come out. Yeah. 
which brings us to a segment we call will chris watch that trailer will chris watch that trailer i don't know but dave's gonna guess i don't know but dave's gonna guess come on dave give me a guess gonna guess yes (laughs) you guessed right (laughs) Woo! (laughs) so first i watched two-thirds of the trailer which trailer Halloween trailer, right? Did you watch it last yet? Week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I got two thirds, and then spoilers for people who don't want to watch the Halloween trailer. So skip ahead. But I got two thirds through, and then I got to the point where he's dropping the teeth over the stall. Yep. And I'm like, I've seen too much, and I stopped it at two thirds of the way, and I'm like, fuck, I wish I didn't see it. How cool would it have been just watch the teeth drop like in the in just in the movie and not knowing that coming in? You're so stupid, Chris. Why did you do it? And then like. A day later, I watched the rest of the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) I just, like, I need a fix. I'm so excited for the sequel. I love that franchise so much. And I just needed the quick fix of the full trailer. And I'm disappointed in myself for (laughs) ruining some of those moments because the trailer, like... It shows a lot of Holy shit. Like, that scene in the bedroom at the end of the trailer where she's trying to close the door. And then he's Unbelievable. Holy shit. Yeah, that, that was good. I mean, like, watching that trailer, she's trying to close the door to a closet. You, it's obvious but it's, it's obvious, still but effective it's the way that how it's shot is is so effective it's just quick it's punchy it opens up he's standing there and it's the a genius that, closing the trailer it's like michael's in the closet of yeah. course that's where he was yeah in the first one the most significant scene of that movie yeah when he's walking towards the house and he f- switches the knife around oh, quick in his God. hand yeah that like he's he's seeming like real quick and like hitman like i'm like no slow down slow down Mm. you know like he's been locked up for 40 years man he's just itching he's ready <laughs> and like nice little oh, exciting yeah. entry of that having, entry. Like, this documentary crew go to like interview him and see what's going on and that, then the breakout power he goes out yeah that like that asylum or wherever they are that's such a weird futuristic giant sci-fi <laughs> open like floor where you're just bolted to one like little square and you have your, yeah and you have the square demarcated yeah that that Thrilling. was Thrilling is right. It's so strange. The images that they're going for in this movie is... And I love Laurie Strode as like a doomsday prepper type survivalist, yeah. like kind of maniac. Sarah She's Connor. not calm and controlled. Yeah. She's like fucking ready to go. Like yeah. you see the counter move aside to reveal the secret basement hatch. Yep. Like I'm so ready for this movie. You're ready for like... It's like the two forces finally meeting for like another confrontation. Yeah. And, and then like, and of course, I love the retcon line in the trailer where they're like, isn't that her brother? No, that was just a story some people yeah, made yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, oh, didn't she also have a daughter that like dressed up and like embodied her spirit? Oh, no, that's another story they made up. Yeah. Oh, no. what about Josh Harden? Didn't he come along? And wasn't that her son? No, that that's another story this they made is, up. See, people made up that story too. <laughs> yeah, people made up a lot of stories about this, but really, there was only the one story. The one night. And then this new story. He was shot by Donald Pleasance and then went... <laughs> to this asylum yeah all those other stories that you may have heard or seen <laughs> <laughs> this curse of michael myers yeah. with paul rudd that didn't just a story <laughs> that's a, that's just so overline people have been running with this story for years but no this is what actually happens yeah. <laughs> jamie lee curtis was attacked once and it made her it's very great. mad and she pre- prepared for the next one i want like a flow chart poster of all of the storylines on my wall i think that would be such a fun thing to design and have <laughs> be like because it's it's like just a weird multiverse that is the halloween I, story i'm picturing this apartment just becoming like the stranger things house with just like totally friday the 13th or the halloween storylines uh-huh. just in pieces of paper connected down the hall and stuff and into other rooms just christmas lights all over (laughs) all the images that are flashing in various patterns just one with like arrows pointing to it versus jason (laughs) (laughs) ah he never fought jason one day one day he will that's like where it's gonna end up Mm. i still haven't seen ready player one nor have i and i know there's like a big chucky scene a big shining scene so i I think there's gonna be vod pretty soon hopefully into that Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I sh- I should have been I should have tried to download a Quiet Place the other day, but instead I paid money and saw it in a theater. Yeah, so you recently like that one's still fucking playing in screen. Yeah, I can't believe it's still there. It was like one screen. Yeah, we went and found it. It's been it. out forever. Where did mm-hmm. you see it? Scotiabank. Nice. And it was yeah. Jody hadn't seen it yet. We just continued to And as you said, Jody likes monster movies. Yeah. That's what she can handle when it comes to horror. Yeah, when it comes to like just depraved shit mm-hmm. happening to people and just the most disturbing thing about to jump into view, that mm-hmm. stuff messes with her. But, right. Uh, but when it's a demogorgon attacking Jim from the office. Yeah, no baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. It's great. You, you like it on the second viewing? Um, this is my third. 
Oh shit! Yeah, and a quiet fan, <laughs> not so a not so quiet fan. As somebody who complains about it a lot. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> great. It's it, it's a really great movie. That's all I have to say. It was good. Worked for Jody. My criticisms that I won't again. I won't start that fire again. But uh-huh. they still stand. I just I hate that part of it. I just want to see the cut of the movie with um, what's the face John Krasinski in like in the, the suit in the suit going <laughs> around and like <laughs> creeping yeah. out the kids. Oh my god! <laughs> just like dipping down in the water like Pennywise. And the first screening. That's what people saw. People watched the movie <laughs> with that. Like so. You, first of all. Like, what an insane way to see a movie like that. Like, to be told ahead of time, all right, so this is a monster movie. We haven't done the CGI yet, so you're going to see John Krasinski just pretend he's a really creepy monster. (laughs) Okay, just imagine the creepiest monster is so scary. And the score isn't written yet, so just imagine (laughs) scary music. And then they have to, like, get feedback from people based on that. Like, strip the movie of all of its aesthetics, and you just have to trust kind of the story itself. And just having people, like, submit their reviews. I was like, I did find it to be very scary, except the monster effects were. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you so much for your feedback. And you? I didn't really like the monster. I don't believe Jim from The Office as a scary monster. (laughs) Also, he's also the dad. What's happening here? But who played the dad? He was great. (laughs) That's exactly what you would do. I'd like a test screening. Like, ignore all of the information they gave you at the top of the screening. Pretend to have forgotten it. And give all feedback based on exactly those points. The things that they just don't need to hear. I feel like a combination of a suit and CGI would have worked better for you guys. I recommend uh, lots of movies now have, like, scores. Like, music underneath. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Music is good. Music. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's how i talk i love it (laughs) i think maybe chris um we should watch it this one yeah let's do this let's go back to crystal lake for a third time in 12 months (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then never again for 14 months yeah guys um you can really pester us though if you don't like that if you like this episode and you like the previous episodes and you want to hear more about friday the 13th just let us know and we'll work with you tweet at us insta at us leave itunes reviews send itunes gift cards in the mail mm-hmm. and ask us if you want us to do another episode of frankenfish yeah. just keep pestering us we'll yeah. do it uh, frankenfish round two frankenfish round two we'll do what else round two poughkeepsie tapes no oh, problem God, martyrs Jesus. one more no. time no problem don't do it don't make me <laughs> don't make me cheers cheers <laughs>
<laughs> it's about just trying to get closer to the audience than you were before. Absolutely. Just right in there, like pointing right in between their eyes, just uh-huh. bugging them. So there were things that I I liked more than part two. Like I think the final face-off was very entertaining in this one uh-huh. between the two of them. I, I still think that part two had like a more engaging story. And I know that's ridiculous to say for a Friday the 13th <laughs> movie. But just like in two with the whole everyone arriving there and them kind of like hanging out that evening and splitting off and some going to the bar. It just felt like there was more of a story happening. Yeah. Whereas this one just felt very paint by numbers. Just get the teens at the campground and then yeah. start getting slaughtered. It did kind of seem like kids are there. Jason was there. Why not get some killings going? But yeah, the yeah. last one did feel like an eventful night. Like totally. this night was real important. It just fleshed out a, a broader world of these people yeah. and what was happening. Whereas this one just felt very liquidated or yeah narrow. and even like we, exactly as you predicted we got just the end of the previous movie oh to God. start this one like that's how it starts there's no not even a scene like where we're in the new movie first and then they're gonna remind us it's just the last scene starts and that's the movie yeah it, uh, it's just that's obnoxious but um we got to see her from the previous movie like tricking jason mm-hmm. by putting on his mother's sweater uh-huh and that r- makes me think about the previous movie. Like it really was more like they were talking about the folklore of Jason and his mother and, you know, that relationship and mm-hmm. that the mother to son thing was real important. And that comes up right at the end. This one, it just has no rhyme or reason for fucking anything. Not at all. And I think a great deal of it is influenced by Halloween too, which they mm-hmm. rushed Friday the 13th part. Um, one came out right away. I think maybe they this one they looked to Halloween 2 and said, okay, well, what made that one successful? Because yeah. Halloween 2 just literally picks up right at the night after the night of the first Halloween, which is what this one does for part two. Yeah. Like it just continues the events as if it's a, just the next day, literally, yeah, and it, further deaths. It acts like the characters in the movie so far, in all the movies, is the fact that these killings can happen one after the other is because nobody sees it. And if they do see it, then they're immediately killed. So it's just this big like labor of everyone else doesn't know. And as soon as they know, yeah. they're like going to be killed or fighting them off in that moment. So it's like even in these like movies, like the, the groups of people themselves act like that. And like they're somehow the, there's no visibility on the mass murders that continue to happen around Camp Crystal Lake. There's somehow no visibility to the point where it dissuades people, yeah. even though it's like the night after. One of the events, another one starts. Like it's crazy. It is crazy, and so they must have just cleaned up all the bodies, got them, yeah. uh, got them off the campsite. It would, this we, this is the same campground, right? Like that's the same porch. Yes, we are at Camp Crystal Lake. Even though the lake is unfamiliar, it looks like a huh. tiny little swamp. It doesn't look like the lake. Yeah, they couldn't get that lake anymore. But theoretically, this is the same cabins and house and front porch where everyone just got slaughtered literally the day before. Yeah, like is so, it is it just incredibly dropped ball storytelling, or well, do we miss something? Well, not necessarily drop the ball, but what I'm saying is, if that is the case, uh-huh. then what happened is they must have just cleaned up the last drop of blood and said, "Well, let's get out of here. More teens are coming in today," the, and like <laughs> fully cleaned up just to the next day after that find another bloodbath, fucking slaughter. <laughs> It's insane. And the cops are just walking around like, oh, just been through a lot. Like, yeah. not the cops being like, what the fuck is yeah. happening here? They should like, oh, man, maybe they should call this camp Murder Lake because people keep oh. getting murdered here. And to not contain the dude in the mask who's right there in the gateway. Like, yeah. And if they had that fi- that Chris alive at the end, yeah. she would have said, like, that's the killer there. You know what I mean? Like, contain him so yeah. he doesn't run off. <laughs> so you don't have to deal with the same shit this time tomorrow. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. Exactly. As far as I can tell... This is going to happen like, <laughs> overnight. Yeah. <laughs> More kids are going to show up. Oh, uh, it's ridiculous. Like, but I did. I did love seeing Jason with the mask and without the mask. The fact that he kept yeah. taking it off. Like, that it wasn't sacred right off the bat. It wasn't. And like to have like, I love those shots that were revealed to be a hallucination. But of his blood half down his face when he's up in the window in the house. Yeah. And she's in the canoe and then he comes out. Like those scenes were yeah. exciting. Those are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But as far as we know, at the end of the movie, he's still laying there with the axe in his head Correct. on the ground. Yeah. And they thought this would be the last movie. And then they made four anyway. Which I think is called like a new beginning or something like that. So I they th- find a way to... Isn't... No, isn't Is there four? another one? There's a four? Okay. Uh Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, no, number... This is number three. So number four is hell or one more? Oh, no. Hell doesn't come for like 
a little bit more here. Let's Four just, or five. Let's quickly, yeah. let's get into this. Because I feel like the like three movies in a row were supposed to be the last one. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. And I feel like it says final chapter and then like the final encounter or something like that. Okay, so films we have. Yeah, we have Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, Part Three, and then there was a two year break, and then there was Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Okay. So yeah, that so number four is the final chapter. Then number five is a new beginning. Oh, okay, that's what <laughs> so it is. So that's right. Like both of those have so final chapter has that kind of finality just to have a new beginning start. But uh-huh. then the one after that is called it's it's part six called Jason Lives, which just sounds synonymous with a new beginning. Right. And then seven is the new blood. So who knows if that's trying to take in a different direction. Then you get Manhattan. Then you get hell. Then you get but, space. But hell is Jason goes to hell. The, the final, final Friday. Friday. Yes. <laughs> but then we get Jason X, Friday versus Jason. And then just the rebooted Friday the 13th. Wow. But by the way, the final Friday is 1993. So that's like just 11 years after this movie. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, probably like 11 movies after too. Yeah. And what an aesthetic shift, I imagine. Just like with the Halloween franchise. I mean, you get such different feels from the first one, especially Mm -hmm. like some of them are particularly dated. Like the mid-90s Halloween is just impossible to watch because you're doing Uh, all these gimmicky things that did not last but very much feel just like Jacob's Ladder, like those kinds of effects. Yeah, they just just look gross. It sucks to have an effect that like will just be remembered as the effect and then other times have an effect that just like condemns your movie to a three year span. Oh my god, totally. It's the same thing with like showing a cell phone in a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. Very dangerous thing to do unless you're a period piece. Absolutely. Or you know, if you just break the mold like it follows, just have no goddamn rules. Mm -hmm. That's another way to do it. You sound a little bitter about that. (laughs) (laughs) About the little shell phones. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't love that. What was your uh, favorite death on this one? Um, ooh, that's a good... Oh, probably... If um, we can remember all of them. Oh, I can definitely remember. My favorite one is uh, Walking on His Hands, Stan, mm, who gets yeah. chopped down from the groin. And it seemed like we got a cool quick shot from the underneath the floor perspective, like he did it on glass or something? Uh, n- no. Because we saw... Like, I felt like we were underneath his hands looking up when the knife kind of was coming down, not just, like, well, at his face. He he looked... Like, as he was walking, he, like, looked up. Mm-hmm. With, while he was inverted on his hand so basically yeah. he is looking upwards in an inverted look at jason who's above him so we get this downward shot of the jason bringing the knife down yeah but it's I, just from his perspective i could have maybe got flipped around but i remember seeing the entire body yeah i saw him get hit with the axe yeah I but just, that's what i'm saying is that, that it's cool, below even yeah, his own they like did it on glass and they shot upwards to get yeah. that crazy frame which so is like could, yeah, so it's like implied to like be from his perspective, but if they did shoot it from there, you wouldn't have been able to see his body get hit and the blood dr- like splatter down like that. So then they reduced the the camera to beyond that pane of glass, like you noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. And yeah, it's good. We like I just didn't expect something like that from a movie like this yeah. that they would like actually get a glass stage in there and move the camera yeah, yeah, go yeah. the extra mile with it. It's pretty sweet. Fair enough. I might not have even called out that like it was it was a pretty well done effect too i'm just like oh that's one of the better kills because it's super Hmm. gross yeah you know crotch down is not not good um the fish hook to the the eye the fish spear um was very memorable too thing yeah that's fantastic mostly because jason's fucking incredible aim it's like where did this skill come from he's (laughs) just just one hands it he's lazily and they like give him a split second where he's kind of aiming but then and just that, nails it. That's kind of my best, like, or the, my favorite part about that kill is how he's like slowly taking his time aiming it, and she's like, "Who are you?" Like mm-hmm. she realizes it's not not Shelly, not Shelly. Um, that that was a good that meandering slow aim mm-hmm. was the the creepiest part of that kill. And then and, it goes three D, yeah, riding the missile. And it might be one of the earlier instances of having like a character do the fake out death thing over and over again. Boy who cried wolf mm-hmm. type formula, yeah, yeah. just so that when he's finally dead, then they're like, "Oh shit." They, yeah, they He's don't trust taking of, it this time. Yeah, of, they don't trust him. Of course, yeah. Boy who cried wolf is right. Boy who cried Jason. Um, <laughs> and then other than that, like it was nice to get a little callback with the Kevin Bacon arrow through the throat, but with yeah, the machete through with, the chest, with the knife coming up from beneath. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was good. That was pleasing. And then we got the, in, just in terms of like callbacks to the first or exact repeats, like with the woman jumping out of the water right at the end. Yeah, yeah. They just. Yeah, uh, the, I guess they got to like double down on that or like, let's do a little callback yeah. to the first one. And yeah. I guess it was supposed to be the mom this time coming out of the water. Yeah. And uh, the body that flops down out of the tree. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one. That's a big move. Just that like classic flop down. Yeah. Just a dead body. 
Yeah. They made like overall this was not my favorite, but um I'm just trying to point out little things that I did enjoy about it. Like mm-hmm. I think they made excellent use of the Friday the 13th music in this one. There was a lot of it. It was constantly playing even like when it was on a suggested like character like when um I can I already not remember his name. We we just said it. Shelly? Shelly. <laughs> Uh, um, he, when he's faking that he's, you know, doing something weird or right when you first see him with the mask, they start playing that music. Yeah. Like every time it's a fake out, they really make sure to commit to all the music and the same effects. No, the score definitely stands out in this one. Like it's, yeah, it's obviously very of its time, very early eighties, but it's satisfying that it's there. Then they're not just mm-hmm. phoning it in and doing yeah. some random sounds or familiar stock music. Yeah. I think they used it maybe a little bit better. It was just like laced into more of the sequences. Is it the same song? Like, is it a consistent theme? Well, that yeah, those sound effects, but there's like a kind yeah. of song that starts in the credits. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the exact same one. Like, it feels like a little bit. It feel it felt different to me. A little renovated for 3D, maybe to make it a little <laughs> punchier and more uh, futuristic sounding. Uh, <laughs> um, the hippies are just the weirdest part about it. It's like I take it as these teens just know this older adult because he seems like 20 years older than all of them. Yeah, he does with his full beard. Yeah, he's their hookup. Yeah, I guess so. He's their hookup to weed. Mm-hmm. And like he's referred to though as one of the young people um by the old man on the road. That he, and does this old man see the old hippie as well and include him yeah. in that group? Yeah, That's he's, ridiculous. He's just one of the people circled around. There's no he's way like, that we're su- the you young people supposed to assume <laughs> ridiculous. But it felt especially the very like after we had the flashback sequence, it felt very tongue in cheek in the way they were like in self-referential. Like the some mm-hmm. of the teens say like why do you guys like what is it with sex or you always just want there's so much sex here and then like just with all the marijuana smoking stuff in Mm -hmm. the car there's a few lines referencing it too yeah a little bit of poking fun at itself i think yeah what kind of elevates it a little bit why do you why you guys are having sex so much yeah it's not it's not a getaway without sex or something like that yeah it's nice that you know they're self-referential and acknowledging these things but i think it's for exactly because they're not clever is why they put those things in. It's like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do yeah. all the same things. But it's like they didn't do that in the first two. So I like that they're stepping oh, a little bit above and they're like calling themselves they're out. They're self-aware at the very least. Yeah. Because yeah. you got you to gotta build in some direction. And I think that's why some people like this one as well is that it's starting to be somewhat reflective on what it is. Yeah. Okay. And not just going straight into this kind of obvious formula. Which it still yeah. obviously does. But. It's like, yeah, it's or it's more steering into its own formula and be like, this is Friday the 13th. This is my own voice. This is what these movies are. Mm-hmm. I kind of get that. It's the first, or I guess it's maybe not the first time, but it's the time that Friday the 13th gets its aesthetic, like that it really sticks to, come, like for the entire movie. Part, at least, yeah. With Jason and I think just like, although I guess it's kind of cookie cutter, they do the same sequences every time. You just slowly whittle the people down. It almost felt like a smaller group of people so that they had to introduce this bike gang to have a few more victims, you know, mm. or um, have these few victims that don't set off any suspicions when they're missing for you know, yeah. the next day. I feel like the first one is just seven or eight counselors at the retreat. And then the second one feels a little more populated because a bunch of them leave halfway through. Oh, yeah. yeah go right. to the bar. But how many people actually get killed? Most in this one, yeah. as we said at the top, 14. 14. Which, I can't even recall 14 deaths. I'm sure we could if we go through it, but... The, and oh yeah shit 14 that's one thing that i think the second one was a little better at um was the individual deaths um you have because there is less of them in the second one each individual death is kind of its own suspenseful scene you have a character mm-hmm. kind of lurking around and a good build-up to that yeah. moment where they do get killed yeah we talked and about that this one you have an it feels like a lot of them are just kind of 15 seconds max of they walk into a room, there's a little obstacle, there's something lurking in the shadows and boom, they're dead. Exactly. So yeah. you don't have that like satisfying tension build up to the death. It's just kind of like a quick, you nailed it, move man. on with it. Yeah. There, there is so little build up to each and every one of those deaths. Mm-hmm. They just kind of happen quickly. And like the bikers are a good example because like the girl goes in and she messes around with the stuff in the barn aimlessly mm-hmm. and then gets killed, like walks up, doesn't look around and then is killed by Jason. Yeah. And then the, or, or I guess she's swinging on the thing and then just disappears. Yeah. I guess she's just playing around. It's implied that Jason like cut the string, grabbed her, killed her. Yeah. And then, so the other dude just walks in and does the exact same thing. Just looks around, is unaware, climbs, gets killed. Mm-hmm. Third guy does the, like, he doesn't end up getting killed, we learn, near the end of the movie, but, like... Did he get fake-out killed? Like, I can't recall his fate in the barn. 
Um, yeah, that's a good question. What exactly happens to him? Is it just like a realization? Like, I oh. don't, I don't remember. I, yeah. I barely remember the one before. <laughs> like, I remember the girl getting killed, but the I one can't... before is when he gets stabbed with the pitchfork and he reaches around yes. and feels yes, them yes, in his yes, own yes. back and then does the stupid 3D effect with the end of the pitchfork. Just sticking right into the lens right. of the camera. <laughs> yeah. You're right. That was that one. And they just showed the dead body of the girl, I think. Uh, yeah. She was like stuck by the neck with a pitchfork into the, like the wood. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. Yes. Like hammered in. So she yeah. was actually elevated. Yeah. And she floated. was hanging. That was nice. Um, so then those two are dead. And then I feel like the third guy, like either sees them or sees Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I can't remember if that third guy, cause he shows up again at the end, but I can't remember if really? the fake out killed him. <laughs> is he the one that, who is, J- who is Jason just like clobbering? This one oh yeah. It was where... him. It was him. Yeah. So he keeps like knocking him. He gets bashed in the head a bunch. And it's, I loved that moment cause it was, it was dead silence. And all you hear yeah. is just like <laughs> the, the slight like thud of yeah. the fist hitting the head, yeah. his head, which and, is very satisfying and yeah, dark. And just that the barn part of the door is in front of just his head, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and Jason's out of frame, just his arm coming down is like, that was a really well staged shot. Really maybe like for a modern audience, the most brutal of all the kills. Yeah. It was, I think one of the creepiest moments in the movie. Yeah. In this very otherwise campy, hilarious movie. Yeah, he just smashes shit at him. But then it turns mm-hmm. out he lived through that, and he comes back to no effect. Not none whatsoever. It's <laughs> hilarious. And actually, now that we're talking about this, probably the reason why in that scene when he comes out of nowhere and then Jason kills him, Jason is distracted, and he's like chopping him for like yeah. an extra long amount of time, which allows the final girl he some moment to collect her thoughts. Yeah. And when I'm watching that, I'm thinking like, wow, he's really like hyper-focused on killing this one dude he's down. Just chopping him, chopping him, And now it's because he's like making sure that he, <laughs> he does the job right this time. Yeah. He bashed him like five he's times like, in the oh, head. All right, six bashes. That ought to do it yeah. for good. Yeah. <laughs> the switches to the knife. is like, I'm just going to chop this guy 20 times. Make yeah. sure it's done. Hilarious. A turn. lesson that none of the characters learn for Jason. Mm-hmm. I mean, no keep killing this guy yeah if he's on the ground and down just keep hacking him <laughs> make it into the so the pieces are just small enough please so they can't individually kill you and you should be okay yeah although that brings to mind like um the one little short from fantasia the disney movie mm-hmm. do you remember this when Mickey the brooms the brooms <laughs> dude that those to this... bits are just going to come back in jason for little tiny jason yeah <laughs> that to this day terrifies it's me scary That's it's one. really spooky uh, oh here's something that we got to talk about um what's his dude the the sur- last surviving male who mm-hmm. gets killed via head squeeze yeah totally forget his name but yeah jason's super strength yeah really shows itself in this one that was cool uh-huh. so he just squeezed this guy's head from the sides just boxed his ears and squeezed then... his head out comes the eyeball. The left eyeball just shoots like, towards the camera lens again. Again, like like <laughs> a yo-yo, it just it stays out. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's what eyes do. If you squeeze the head, they just like launch forward three feet. Yeah, <laughs> and stop. And stop. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the end of the string. <laughs> yeah, they just know. Like for three Ds, like well, yes, when it flies at the camera, you do have to hold it for a second. You know, and the same with like that little harpoon. Is it yeah. flew very slowly through the air. Um, Jason throws a knife at one point. Barely I'd say, moves I'd say, his wrist. Let's say flicks a knife. Yeah, but it Jason has, drops like, a knife forward. It has the g-force of a fighter jet <laughs> as it's launching towards the wood and spinning rapidly, yeah. and then lodges like halfway yeah. deep into a wood beam, four inches into the wood. Again, Jason's got insane super strength. Super strength. He can crush a skull with his hands. Yeah, we saw that. Probably the biggest and most Neanderthalic of all the skulls too. Um, this big, huge dude just mm. gets crushed by bigger, huger Jason. Yeah, Jason wants to show, look, even the biggest skull here, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Crush it with my bare hands. That and was, I did, that was another genuinely creepy moment is when, when she yeah. comes out on the porch and he's holding him and muffling him yeah. while she's looking for him. Like that, because it showed yeah. her shot and then it backed out to sh- reveal that he was there around the corner. Like a few good moments of yeah. this. That sequence annoyed me just ever so slightly because I'm like, you can kick the wood you can you can still go like when your mouth is covered you, you can still go, go mm, 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 mm. Mm. you can yeah. make sounds you can do that but unlike what chris said when she said it's so quiet yes. the wind was howling and there was yeah. a lot of fucking noise around if she had just said instead it's so fucking loud that would have justified a lot of stuff it would have made so much sense would, <laughs> and they didn't even drop this wind out of the sound mix or anything no. like that like their hair is rapidly blowing they're approaching and they want to they want to create a sense of unease by writing in the dialogue like it's so quiet to make so, it yeah. things raise the stakes but it's so clearly blowing yeah. insane amounts of wind the trees are rustling like it is not quiet in the least no it's super specifically 
and evidently loud. Yeah, you're right. So if quiet. they just switched the volume to loud, it would have been yeah. infinitely more believable. And, and <laughs> would justify the following sequence. Yeah. Which, which I think, like, they just didn't think about it. Like, as they get to the next sequence, it's like, yeah, well, the camera hears obnoxiously this guy is, like, acting as he's being restrained. Mm-hmm. So we should put some sound over top of it. So they put in like, crazy wind that's already happening because they just can't control it because they're outside. Yeah. And then it would have all made sense. But the line already in the script was... You know, it's so quiet. They yeah. should have just said, where is everyone? I think they had it on the page yeah. and they went there that day and the wind <laughs> is blowing and they just have to deliver the dialogue. Yeah. And no one is like yeah. suggesting on set for some reason. No producer yeah. is sitting there being like, uh, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's just like those... if she has to scream the line. <laughs> it's so quiet because the wind is so loud. Then maybe we should change the line. It's just like somebody who's just like hugging themselves and going like, it's so hot outside. Oh my God. <laughs> And that's our tight five on the line. <laughs> it's so quiet in Friday the 13th part three. Hey, it fed into some stuff. Oh, it absolutely did not. <sighs> right. Um, what, any other deaths? How did the hippie's girlfriend die? Uh, was it was so quick. Yeah, I don't know. I think that might've been the machete through the chest. No, that was, that was hammock. Not, that was, ha- that was hammock. So yeah. that was the girl who was showering. She, okay. So, um, Shelly was killed in her doorway. Yeah. Well, do we even see Shelly get killed? Or do we just see... No, we just see his neck cut. Yeah, we see his neck cut. And so then he dies there Mm -hmm. in the doorway. Poor Shelly, man. Just does not learn his lesson. Like, don't... Just just be yourself, Shelly. It'll go so much further. Do your juggling tricks. It's going to go... It's going to do way better for you than just trying to scare the shit out of people over and over and over again. Yeah, and then also, like, saying, like, it's a joke. Like, what what was the joke? Mm Mm-hmm. And how many masks does Shelly have? Because he has that hockey mask, but he He's also had that, that cool, thing. creepy, translucent mask yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, that was very creepy. Which I was hoping we'd get a little bit of Jason with that mask, <laughs> and then like that mask gets broken, and that's why Jason grabs a more durable hockey mask. Right. That's what I was He's, hoping would be set up. He's got the clear plastic mask. He's got the hockey mask. He's got the axe prosthetic thing in his head when he's hiding in the closet yeah that has the additional hair that matches his hair yeah he got so he invested in this thing <laughs> this isn't like a buy at a costume shop he's like can you make a replica of my hair to be embedded <laughs> in this thing so it'll be extra convincing more like he cut off some of his hair he's like can you use this in the yeah he's got a wetsuit uh-huh yeah which he Perfectly uses fit in. which he uses to again pull Just his bull shrink yeah. yeah like he's swimming how much more can you commit to a joke than actually like putting on a wetsuit Going into the water. It's pretty and committed. That's crazy. And that's where the spear gun comes from, I guess, right? It's just part yeah. of his whole pro- attire. I guess. Or I wonder if they actually would use those things at Camp Crystal Lake. Why would they? It seems insane. That little sweat. Like, what? <laughs> I guess that you could do it under the guise of just like archery at camp, right? Like, it's just like a sport. You can have target practice. It's just an activity. Right. But yeah. it seems very dangerous. Yeah. To, to like, especially like if you were actually were using that thing yes, for fishing. That thing is a wep, like a, a gun that comes with its own force. Whereas little archery, gun. if you have like 10 year olds, they can only pull yeah. back so far. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's a Less straight up. Hazard. It's a little, uh, it's a small harpoon gun. It yeah. Is, it's for killing like huge, dangerous fish. Dude. Like he, Jason's like 20, 30 feet away yeah. from the girl in the water and it thing, it lodges like into her brain and kills her instantly. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a good kill too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that scene was just straight up like weird comedy when they're driving to camp and they're like, oh no, the cops! Everyone eat the weed! <laughs> <laughs> like that serves no other point other than like this will be a funny scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wasn't even coming, and that, then they just all ate the weed. They're just the one guy's good, and it's all like pre-ground. Yeah, like yeah, he it's, has a, a it's oregano. Let's be honest, of course. Just ridiculous, just so silly. And then when they like right at the beginning too, it's like, no, no, the van's on fire because there's a bunch of smoke coming out of it, and then there's just two hippies with bongs in the back. That was the introductory scene for the two hippies. Yeah, that was wonderful, ridiculous. It reminds me of like how like that would one day inspire or help inspire like Cabin in the Woods, like that guy pulling out the coffee cup bong uh, and wonderful. just like crushing it, and then just like putting it away. And just I got to so rewatch cool. Cabin in the Woods. It's been too long. It's the best, dude. It really is. All right, let's go to some Instagram comments. Instagram comments. On our extra post. Extra. Extra, extra. Instagram all about it. (laughs) There it is. Merlin underscore video underscore LT said, love this movie. And Merlin is not alone. Like Dennis Extro dude from Twitter who yeah. just is obsessed. The Extro guy like had the very similar sentiment mm. about that movie. And you know, I think about it fondly. 
I br- yeah. I've, br- I've brought yeah. it up a bunch in- to random people, like of conversations, especially when you're talking 80s practical effects. Yeah. Like this is just the most out of control, ridiculous story to facilitate some very, very impressive looking effects yeah. and prosthetics. Oh man, it is just such a joy to to watch, especially like after like the history that we have with it and the whole Frankenfish comparison. It's and true. It, it's just such a joy to watch those effects. It is a joy to watch you know somebody take the time and effort to make something so unique and weird and mm-hmm. just unlike anything else yeah and hopefully more filmmakers come along and do things like the void did last year yeah. and try to like try. bring practical effects back and say no let's make it a point of principle no cgi mm-hmm. let's bring some artists in who have been yeah. forgotten throughout the 90s and early 2000s sure yeah and let them have their day again yeah little little companies who are still working with puppets and prosthetics and robotics are just the best love it we need more of that that's something we're lacking in horror movies today mm-hmm. for sure um also on our extra post we have a comment here from no light cult um who says this one scared the shit out of me as a kid love it it, it scared you huh <laughs> i guess it's got a few moments i think if you were like under 10 years old and you saw some so of these weird toys coming to life and shit or like a full adult being birthed <laughs> <laughs> even those like yeah. gross egg sacky things you i think wonder, that would probably fuck me up you wonder if some kids like see that and go like oh my god that's how it happened that's where <laughs> that's where adults come from that's where adults come from Ew. <laughs> yeah but like i wonder though as a kid like I-, I could not place what in this movie would be terrifying because mm. i know me seeing an adult man get birth is now very disturbing yeah but i don't know if that would have got me as a kid but that toy soldier, the plastic face of the toy soldier, and just kind of how he was robotically moving around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be pretty creepy. That might have got me a no light called. If you're listening, please comment again and tell us what specifically yeah. scared the shit out of you. Tell us what little no light cult as a child was like <laughs> staying awake at night thinking about. Yeah, what what drew you into this no light cult? What <laughs> scene from this movie specifically did it? How did Extro send you down the path of cults? Yeah, <laughs> so many questions. We need to have you on as a guest, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, No Light Cult and Merlin Video LTD, which is also a great handle. Uh, thank you so much for those comments, my friends. We didn't talk about how, um, as a rule in this movie, nobody would look up. That's true. That it's, was something that was really bothering us throughout. The, it's insane. That I just need to say this. Twice, the exact same line was delivered because uh-huh. something was dripping on them from above. Yep. Twice they said, where is this coming from? And then, and only then, <laughs> did they look up or look anywhere to investigate. And it's one thing to have, like, this is par for the course for horror. Like, mm. you're going to have, especially, like, n- not great horror, you're going to have someone saying a stupid line like that, and you're like, why didn't you look up, you idiot? Yeah. But to have it three times. <laughs> there are three times in this movie. Two, like you said, where they just delivered the same line in the dialogue. It was the same scene. Uh-huh. Maybe they didn't realize that they had copy and pasted <laughs> the same scene. They're like, oh, shoot, was that, sorry, that was meant just to be the one time, not having this person. Oh, we were we were back a yeah. few pages. Oops. But then the worst part of all of it is it happens to Jason too. <laughs> Jason is walking into a room looking for someone and doesn't think to look above him. Yeah, and she's just hanging there looking down on yeah. him. And eventually just falls. For no reason, she shimmies underneath the pole and she falls off. She seems to slip around this solid wood beam <laughs> that she was adequately placed on. Rectangular, Yeah, not a circle. And then she, her legs fall. Jason looks up and she falls on him. Yeah. Just fucking asinine and ridiculous and so it wasn't just from above in those three instances there were other points in this movie where people's spatial reasoning was just ridiculous like in one of the opening scenes it's like a jump scene where a hand goes out to hand it's shelly's hand is handing something to chris and from our perspective it makes sense because we can't see what's behind the door of the van right but chris is looking directly (laughs) at shelly and then shelly hands something and that makes chris jump makes her jump she would have been looking him in the face the entire time and then he handed her something she's like "Ah, i didn't see you yes (laughs) and then when one of the biker gangs first goes up he doesn't notice the one the girl biker with her the pitchfork in her neck as he like walks up on the surface and she's clearly right there like that would be the first thing that your eye would see exactly it almost like he almost would have been hit by the handle of yeah of the pitchfork but he does his peripherals nothing he is everyone in this movie it's clear that the directors are just like and you gotta wait like four seconds you gotta wait till this light back here goes on to turn around because like the hippie when he went down to fix the power Mm -hmm. he like flipped the switch and the lights came back on and he kept staring at the switch and he's like that's better (laughs) and then he waited a second kind of like nodding to himself like i did good work here and jason's just standing there waiting 
And then it's like, all right, it's been enough time I on think screen. Jason even looked at his watch for a quick second there. <laughs> it's like, now nah, you can turn around. They yeah, just didn't yeah. know what to do with where someone was facing. No, you're right, man. And we can only blame the director <laughs> for for this kind of shit. For that stuff, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no, you should have set up the shot better or pl- like blocked the actors better so mm-hmm. that one isn't like clearly looking directly at the person <laughs> that's supposed to make them jump. <laughs> yeah, just ridiculous. Great call. It was ridiculous. Thanks, Scaredy Cats, for listening to another episode of the Tex Chris Dave Saw Massacre. Another Friday the 13th. I'm Chris Vandenberg. I'm David Stombra. And as always, Chaos Reigns, Chaos Reigns, Chaos Reigns, Chaos Reigns. Just be yourself, Shelly. Chaos Reigns. See you next time. Bye.